But yes, it's not, and there are signs up on the roads as you enter to some of those um, quite big, intimidating signs telling Israelis not to come in there because, you know, it's dangerous, because it's Palestinian, it's dangerous, and they don't recommend them going in there. So there, I think there's a lot of, there is a lot of fear, there's a lot of unnecessary misconception. Mm -hmm. I, I came away feeling when I, from my trip there that and and further on that I was not in danger. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Maple Ford, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar. This is episode four of our five-part series. We are talking about the artisans of Palestine with Kim Thompson from Raw. In this episode, we are going to talk about another business. But Kim, before we do launch into that conversation, if people do want to um, help with this project, so let's say they want to buy some stuff, uh, what's the best way that they can do that? What's the best way to contribute? Well, at the moment, we don't have a website. We've started really small. We have mm -hmm. a trade license. Mm -hmm. we, are, we are going to markets and pop-ups, and that's how we're selling everything. And then we have an Instagram account called Artisans of Palestine. Mm -hmm. um, the goal is to try and get a, a nice, strong foundation and a relationship of trust with the artists that we work with from Palestine um, mm -hmm. obviously at the moment we're still able to ship product out not from Gaza but from the West Bank mm -hmm. um, and we are aware we really hope that continues because we don't know if that's going to continue to be easy to do if things were to escalate um, and we bring things down here and then I mentioned last time that we have connected with a wonderful woman called Morgan who mm -hmm. has a a very established business in, in the US called Handmade Palestine. So you could visit her website and have a look. I know, for example, with Galassia, which is the, um, the the company that we can talk about now, mm -hmm. they are, Handmade Palestine is buying their product, but they sell what they get and then they're having to come back down and communicate with the couple that are making this the silversmithing and the mosaic work to try and get more because they can't keep up with the demand because wow. it's a new product. So it's fantastic. Yes. Perfect timing for them because they were selling their products in um, Bethlehem to tourists that were coming, religious tourists that were coming to visit because uh, mm. obviously uh Christianity and Judaism both sprouted from Palestine in, mm. in, in biblical times. Um, so there's a lot of religious tourism that happens in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem yeah, awesome. is actually part of the West Bank still. It's not part of Israel. I didn't know stands. that. Yeah, yeah. So when you, if you're flying into Israel, um, they quite often want to know why you're coming into the country. And you, uh, if you say, well, I'm, I'm a religious tourist, I'm coming to see some of the sites, uh, Bethlehem is not part of, that's part of the West Bank at the moment. Okay. Wow. I, I didn't know that. Um, and, and again, you know, how much can you know? There's so much to know, no matter how much oh, you, you research. I only just scratched the surface, I yeah. promise you. Um, but you see you see huge, huge amounts of the big buses 
full of tourists from all around the world. And so I think they mostly, when they come in, they're staying in Israel, but they'll come across the through the the borders to come into the West Bank, come into Bethlehem to come to see some of the religious holy sites. Yeah. I have a strange question: When you want to go into an illegally, uh, well, if you want to, let's say you want to go into the West Bank, mm-hmm. going from outside of the West Bank into the West Bank, or have you yeah. been into Gaza? I haven't been into Gaza. I would have loved to have gone into Gaza. It's very, it was very different. It was, it's closed. It's a, it's an open air prison. Prison. Yeah. So, so if you want to go into the West Bank, um, how does that work? Do you just drive in? So there are different areas zoned within mm-hmm. um, Palestine, and you cross a, a, a land border which is like a, a border that you would cross in any country with um, mm-hmm. security. Checkpoints. Security. Okay. Checkpoints, yeah. yeah. And then going through different um, towns, as you move into different cities, there will mm-hmm. be borders again, even though it's the West Bank uh, and uh, under Palestinian control, you you see different um, security, armed um, security in those entrance and exit points. Okay. Okay. And you travel with your ID because um, they, depending different, Israeli and Palestinian have different number plates, different colored number plates on their cars. Uh, taxis have different, uh, so they can see whether it's a Palestinian or, or an Israeli vehicle. And then um, they may want to know why you're going into that area. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's no problems and other times they might want to go through your luggage and check everything. It just depends what what they perceive to be a threat or a risk. Um, but it's, it's not that common to have tourism in Palestine or the West Bank. Oh, really? Although, yeah, although there are, there are tourist uh, companies which cater to that type of um, tourism for people that might be interested to go there from a historical perspective or a a hiking perspective like we Mm -hmm. did. Um, There is a business that uh, with a man that we know who actually helped quite a lot with Elisa and Giles when they were establishing the Palestine hub that's uh, set up in in an area called Beit Zahor or a Mm -hmm. a town called Beit Zahor. And uh, Michelle has a, um, he's Christian, he has a tour company called Siraj, S-I-R-A-J. I'll give you the contact details yes, please. as well. And he deals with a lot of um, tourism actually from America. So a lot of um, wow. universities uh, where there were, I think you, you probably know there's something called birthright where if you're Jewish, yes. it's your birthright that you can come to Israel and, and visit. I think you get an eight-day free um, with your airfare and everything, a, a guided tour to come and visit um, Israel. They're f- following on from that, because he used to host some of those events. There are now also, it's and it's increasing, or it was increasing in percentage, the amount of people that also want to come to Palestine and have a look. Because there's a lot of um, beauty. Yes. I think for a lot of the people that I was on the hike with were from Europe, so they were... Um, Welsh, Scottish, for them, 
they commented on the fact that there were a lot of the the plants that were growing were similar to what they saw growing in um, Scotland. And for me, I spent a lot of time in Spain. A lot of the terraced stone stone wall, mm-hmm. uh, all of the olive farms that were growing, a lot of the fruit that grows, it felt like you were in the Mediterranean. Yeah, wow. So there's a it's really there's it's really beautiful. Um but yes, it's not and there are signs up on the roads as you enter to some of those um quite big intimidating signs telling Israelis not to come in there because you know it's dangerous because it's Palestinian, it's dangerous and they don't recommend them going in there. So there, I think there's a lot of there is a lot of fear, there's a lot of unnecessary misconception. Mm-hmm. I I came away feeling when I from my trip there that and and further on that I was not in danger. Friends, World of Coffee Dubai is back in 2024 and I am proud to announce that the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward will be the official podcast partner for World of Coffee Dubai for the second year in a row. The Roses Village will be a one-of-a-kind destination for all things coffee. As an exhibitor, introduce your artisanal roasts to an international audience and gain valuable insights from their perspective. Visitors, immerse yourself in the celebratory coffee culture experience by sampling exclusive cups poured with passion from cafes worldwide and absorb insights that will elevate your own appreciation of all things coffee. Whether you brew coffee or just love savoring a fine cup, this event gathers the global coffee community under one roof in an amazing city. Join us at World of Coffee Dubai in 2024 at Dubai World Trade Center from the 21st until the 23rd of January. Tickets are available at dubai.worldofcoffee.org or you can contact us on social media for any questions that you might have at mapforward.coffee. Get your tickets now, folks. Come see the podcast being recorded live and we hope to see you in January in Dubai for World of Coffee. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was because I was being naive. I was I was always respectful of the clothes I wore um, because obviously it, it, I, I felt I wanted to be as respectful as possible so that I was not going to be somebody that... Um, caused any reason for misunderstanding yeah i mean and and speaking about you know we in the first episode we were talking about dubai and the misconceptions mm-hmm. about this place dubai is the yeah. complete polar opposite of what you were just talking about yeah but i you know i think it wasn't that long ago that during um you know ramadan you wouldn't be outside eating or drinking uh, no restaurants were closed during the month of ramadan I have three daughters, so as they were growing up and they were teenagers and it's hot, you know, trying to get them to wear appropriate clothing in the summer could have been a challenge. And now it's very modern, very Western. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't see that. But I also think if I'm going to a meeting or if I'm going to um, anything that is important to me to be perceived as a as a, an, a business owner, I'm still very respectful of the clothes I wear and because I want to be taken seriously. So I think that's maybe that's just my age and I'm old school, I don't know, but mm. I, I still think it's important. And I, I would say that we do that no matter where we are in the world, right? 
Like if yeah. you want to be taken seriously, you're not going to turn up to a meeting like you'd turn up to a nightclub. Or respectful, yeah. It's just exactly. about it's about being respectful, right? Yes. So, yes. so tell us about Galassia. Okay. So my my friend Lisa, her husband is Giles, mm-hmm. and they he he they moved back to Dubai. Um, I think it was the beginning of this year. That's a trouble as you get older. I can't measure time anymore. Maybe it was <laughs> maybe it was last year, but it feels like it was the beginning of this year. And um, he is the Lisa's partner in the Palestine Hub, and then he is the mentor and the ambassador for Galassia. Mm-hmm. Um, Giles personally is really interested in jewelry making and silversmithing. Mm-hmm. I think he uh, selected this business to work with partly because of the quality of what they make because it's just mind-blowingly beautiful. beautiful. The other thing is, and then partly because he really, and I wish he was here beside me because he'd tell you exactly what it was as well. But it, it's also because they're just such lovely people. They're a young mm. couple. Um, they live in Bethlehem. Muhammad and Tigri, I'm probably not saying her name correctly either, um, they're expecting their first child. They also work in their their family's business, uh, their family home, where they do their silversmithing. Mm-hmm. And um, they use very small local stones to make mosaics inside the silver. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, again, he has had to make very – he hasn't actually – Ask them to change any of their designs because their designs were already spectacular. Mm. What he has tried to do is help introduce some more modern casting with the silver that they use. Oh, wow. Um, and maybe looked at things like the quality of the chains on the necklaces or the backings on the earrings, you know, that type yeah. of thing. But they already had everything under control. Wow. Beautiful olive wood um, boxes that a lot of the jewellery comes in. That The attention to detail, I just love this company. Um, it, it, they've used little mosaics in the olive wood. That, so you buy a piece of jewellery and it comes in these beautiful containers, mm. um, the packaging. They are now, um, their products are now selling very well down here in the UAE because it's really crafts, superior craftsmanship. It's quite unique. You can still tell it's handmade, mm-hmm. but the silver is spectacular. The stones are beautiful, and they actually have a really authentic story to them because mosaic work is something that is part of that region. That You know, you mm-hmm. look back many civilizations and some of the things now um, in Jericho where you can come in and see these beautiful sites it's all uh mosaic wow. and i think it's it's the same in uh other parts of the middle east where you could be traveling in jordan and you see mosaic work it's mm-hmm. something that it's a, it's a type of um craftsmanship that's been going on for many many generations um because of um giles's uh, relationship strong relationship that he has with these this couple mm-hmm. um We've also been able to introduce uh, their jewellery now to Morgan from Handmade Palestine, and we're sending it directly from Palestine to the States. And it was only on the website for eight hours and sold out. Wow. It's just 
Beautiful. So now not only are we selling a lot here for them here in the UAE, we are um, pushing them because the second market has opened up and that was purely just a connection. Wow. I think Giles has, um, they have some jewellery designs that I've seen that are very clever that are new products that he um, together they are working on for men and like bracelets that are quite strong in design that are mm-hmm. just amazing um, because I think the things that he wanted himself he's been able to think that well if I want them I'm guessing that's another you know another market right. that we could try for not just women's jewelry mm-hmm. um, it's very exciting but yes they they're probably at the stage now that they will need to employ other people they, wow. they um, I think, are talking to Lisa and Giles at the moment about the future of their business and whether that might um, have a branch maybe here in the UAE. We, we're not sure. But the, the growth of this, the, these two is, is immense. The Really, they're very small tweaks of um, mentoring that Giles is having mm-hmm. to do. Um, but I know that the money that we're sending back from artisans is very important to them at the moment because their other market just completely tried up. We've actually gone, we've asked them to go where they had their, their jewellery displayed in some of the small um, tourist shops to get it back so that we can get it down here so that we can try and help sell right. it for them because we need more product. And can they access those stores? It seems at the moment that, yes, they can because tragically, you know, what are they going to do with those? Yeah, I know, right? Products? Nobody's going like, for a tourist trip there. I don't think there's going to be any tourism there for however long until it's deemed safe. And then the flow on from that, and, and it's also the same with Michelle from, you know, his tourist company, you know, how does he pay salaries to his right. team? So we are actually, um, we've through meeting Michelle and we liked one of his employees, Mayada, and we've asked if we could employ her to help us manage the logistics um, up in, in Palestine to continue because we, we went up in September and bought more product. And we've sold it. So now we need more product because, yeah. you know, that's, so that's going to the woodwork carvers, that's going to the glass blowers, that's going to the leather, that's going to the jewellery, that's going to my hair with a soap. We need someone to help coordinate the, the, the bank transfers to make sure these guys get their money. We need to try and make sure we can get the product shipped out. So it's, it's very handy for us to have someone up there um, helping us, actually. So we've picked up her salary so that okay. he can keep her on his books. And then actually, because he's a friend now, he's also offering help if there are other things that we maybe need because we're seeing we could actually be working with more more craftsmen, artisans. more artisans. And if we can't get there, maybe through his net- network, he might hear of some people that are making rugs or doing something where we think that there's a market down here that we could do. So it's almost like a trickle effect. Yeah. And and hopefully it can impact more people so that they have a sustainable livelihood. And when you work in the coffee supply chain, you start to get an intrinsic understanding of the impact that being present in a supply chain has 
in in yeah. other parts of the world. So yeah, you can definitely see how your being in the coffee world has had ripple effects in the way that you participate in life. Yeah, yeah I think that's my favourite part of our industry, actually. I love mm. it. So yeah. I've heard of um, applications that you have where um, women that are doing the beadwork in Kenya or women that are doing the stitching on fabrics in India can connect directly with a... Um, a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think about things like that now too, where where maybe we involve because you can only do so much with a with a pop up in a market down here. Yep. You can only go so many times. It's great for getting it started, but potentially I'm not tech. I'm not very good. You know, I have to hand my remote control to my grandson for someone coming <laughs> stayed and try to change something. But maybe there are applications we can use which can directly connect these people because it's not about we're not making money from this. It's connecting them to a market. So potentially there will be a evolution to what we're doing now, which will be even more effective. Yeah, awesome. I hope. I yeah. hope so too. And I may have some developers that can help you with that to create some out-of-box systems. But we mm-hmm. can talk about that off air. Um Again, folks, there are links in the show notes to all of these businesses. So please check them out and um and connect with the businesses and if you do want to buy any of the jewelry there are link or the jewelry the soaps the the leather goods um the links are in the show notes um in the next episode our final episode unfortunately for this series we are going to talk about the olive oil soap i have seen videos about this and am in awe of the way that this is made. It is truly, I I can see why you fell in love with the building. Um, But the soap is just, it's an incredible thing to witness the way that it's made. So what I would recommend also, there is a link to the Instagram page for Artisans of Palestine. A lot of these videos are on that Instagram as well. So check it out and join us for the final episode of this series in the next episode. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Mapper Forward, head to mapperforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.